0: Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with him in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go.
1: This story about Lazarus is one of my favorite stories uh, of Jesus. And it's not just because of the power of this story because it's wildly powerful. It's not even because of the wonderful ending of the story, even though I am hardwired for wonderful endings. You probably are too, which is why we love the rhythm of good movies. Uh, Rhythm of a good movie or a good book is that things start out, they're really good, and then you can feel it. Something's gonna happen, and it's gonna drop down, and it's gonna be something that is so broken that it seems like it can never be put right. And then a good movie, then brings it back up to beyond what you hoped for and more wonderful than you ever dreamed. And that's what this story does. But I love this story, not just because of those things, but because it's so full of surprises. I mean, the first surprise is that Jesus doesn't heal Lazarus. When I mean, the gospels are full of stories of Jesus healing perfect strangers. Yeah, he heals people from a distance. He even heals one woman who touches his robe when he doesn't even know it, and she is healed. And he has to backtrack and say, who was healed just now? Because I felt the power go out for me. But Mary and Martha obviously know Jesus. They have a relationship with him. And they're so close, and they have such a trust of Jesus that they just send him a message. The one you love is sick. Can you imagine in this day and age, having Jesus in your contact list, and you just you just type in and text them, and you just say, Jesus, the one you love is sick. And in a few minutes, you see the little bubbles coming, and Jesus responds, and he responds with, this illness will not end in death. And if you read that, what would you think? You'd go, oh, that's awesome, that's wonderful. You'd show it to your sister. If Lazarus was still conscious, you would show it to Lazarus. You go, it's all going to be okay. And then the next day, instead of getting better, he gets worse. And then the next day, he dies. What do you think? You end up thinking, what in the world? I thought Jesus loved him. I thought Jesus loved me. It's one of the hardest things about being a Christian, or being a non-Christian, for that matter. If you're watching this and you are not a Christian... It's possible that this is why you're not a Christian because something happened where you thought that if Jesus, if God really loved you, then you wouldn't be going through this. Then Jesus would have done something for you. Uh, one of the books I read years ago was a book written by Philip Yancey, and it's called simply this, Disappointment with God. Disappointment with God. And on the flyleaf leaf. Uh, He dedicates it to his brother. And he says simply this, to my brother who is still disappointed. To my brother who's still disappointed. You know, when we read this story, it's kind of easy for us to see why Jesus didn't heal Lazarus. Because we get to read all the way to the end of the story. And it ends so well. But in the middle of the story, it didn't feel like that. Most of us are in the middle of a story, and I don't know about you, I'll I'll just talk about myself, and maybe you can relate to this. I am very simple when it comes to looking at my life. I don't know if I've changed that much from the time I was a toddler. I watch my grandkids, and I call it simple math, right? Pleasure is good, pain is bad. Health is good, sickness is bad. It's like one plus one equals two, and it never gets more complex than that, at least in the way I experience life. But it's different when you read Jesus. Because in, in, when you read this text, it's easy to miss something. Jesus says, this illness will not lead in death. And if you were getting that on your phone, you'd you'd be tempted just to put your phone down and say, good news. But then he adds this. He said, it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. It's for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So in the midst of a story, sometimes it's easy to doubt whether God loves you. And the first surprise of this story is that Jesus doesn't heal Lazarus. But the second surprise is what Jesus does do. Because what happens is that Jesus gets to the scene and he asks to go to the tomb. And the first thing that happens is that he begins to weep. And he cries so long and so hard that the people around looked at him and they said, Behold how he loved him. Jesus is so full of compassion, and compassion is different. Compassion is indirect pain. It's not pain that you experience personally. It's pain that you feel because someone you care about is experiencing pain. And Jesus is so full of compassion that it means that his heart is knit to our heart, to your heart, in such a way that when you hurt, he hurts which is absolutely astounding. But then Jesus goes and he uh, asks them to roll away the stone. And they roll away the stone. And then Jesus shouts out, Lazarus, come out. In uh, the book Lord of the Rings, and I, I promise... I will one day preach a sermon while well, I don't mention Lord of the Rings, but this is the summer, and I'm always reading Lord of the Rings in the summer. And in the, the book Lord of the Rings, there's a character named Faramir, and he is a, uh, a wonderful character. He's very brave, very courageous. And in this scene, he's lying mortally wounded, and he's in kind of a coma. And there's this other character named Aragorn, and Aragorn is the disguised king. No one really knows he's the king. And he goes to Faramir and he lays his hands on him and he begins to whisper in his ear. And then Faramir begins to stir and he opens his eyes and he has never met Aragorn before. But the first thing Faramir says is this, I heard you call, O king, and I have come. I heard you call, O king, And I have come. Lazarus heard his name called by his king, and he came. Lazarus wasn't like mostly dead, like Wesley and Princess Bride. He wasn't very, very sick. He was completely dead. And yet, this king has such power, they can actually just by calling his name, call him from death to life. So the second surprise is that instead of healing Lazarus, which would be infinitely easier, I would suppose, he waits for him to die, and then he calls him from death to life. And that brings me to the third surprise, which is how Jesus actually did what he did. How Jesus did what he did for Lazarus. And before we answer that question, of how Jesus did what he did for Lazarus, there's a question before that question. And the question before that question is, what was the cause of Lazarus's death? what did he die of? And you might say, well, we don't know from the story. We don't know if it was heart failure or a stroke or a virus or cancer or uh, pneumonia. We don't know. And that's true in one sense, but actually the Bible does tell us why Lazarus died. Because Lazarus died for the same reason that you will one day die. For the same reason I will one day die. This is what's interesting too. You know, there's that movie Lion King and there's that theme song, The Circle of Life, and it's kind of a description of why things die and it's so beautiful and it's so wonderful. We all know it's not true. Death is not good. We all just say, I've done plenty of funerals, and I just think that we know that we were not made to die. We were made to live. And death is always this interruption, this thing that should not happen. What the Bible says is, that's right, you weren't made to die. You were made to live. But in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve decide to rebel against God. The Bible calls that sin. And when they rebelled against God, it's like they separated themselves from the very source of life. And ever since they did that, every single human being born has been born with an expiration date, a time when they will die. We don't know. They're all different causes, but that's the main cause. That is the sickness unto death that Jesus came to cure. And the way that Jesus cured that is what we call the gospel. That Jesus ends up going to the cross, not for something that he did, but for something that that I did, something that you did. And he he did that in order to be separated from the source of life, which he had never been separated before from, so that you and I could be brought back into relationship with God. And then he died on a Friday, and on Sunday morning he burst forth from the tomb, and when he did, something happened to death. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians 15, it's like he shouts out, he almost taunts death. He says, oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? And what Paul is saying is that something happened and that Jesus absolutely changed what is the source of your dying. I ask you this. If you were back in that story with Mary and Martha, and you knew what you know now, and it was a day after Lazarus died, and a few days before Jesus was going to arrive, what would you say to Mary and Martha? Wouldn't you have said, listen, it's going to be okay. This story ends well. You're, a part, you're right in the middle of one of the greatest stories ever. It's going to be Okay. So, this is what I have to say to you that whatever you're going through, whether it's the pandemic, whatever it is, whether it's sadness or sorrow or loneliness or grief or whatever is ailing you, I want to look at you and say this. If you know Jesus, it's in the middle of the story. Your story ends well. You are part of one of the greatest stories ever is your story. Because this Jesus came for you. And this Jesus, the true king, will one day call your name. And your eyes will open. And you will say to him, I heard you call my name, O king. And I have come. Because this king has the power to call you out of death into true life. Because this king, for this king, love matters most. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you and we are grateful that we can call you not just our Savior, but also our king. And that you have the power over the sickness that has ailed us from the moment we were born. And that sickness is that separation between us and God. And so thank you for what you have done on the cross through your death and resurrection. You have healed us. And so for every single one of us, and whatever anybody's going through, I pray that you would give them the confidence that they are, and and remind them that they're just in the middle of the story and that their story ends well. And they're part of a story that's the greatest story of all where death is swallowed up in victory and life conquers death because of your love for us. Thanks. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.